Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and help provide solutions that suit how you do business, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. You know success when you see it, or you think you do, the people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. This is Bloomberg Law. Some complicated international law issues here. What kind of docket is Chief Justice Roberts facing? Interviews with prominent attorneys and Bloomberg legal experts. Joining me is Bloomberg News Supreme Court reporter Greg Storr. Neil Devins, a professor at William & Mary Law School. And analysis of important legal issues, cases, and headlines. Is this essentially the Fifth Circuit haunting? He has presided over a so-called hot bench at the Supreme Court. Bloomberg Law with June Grosso from Bloomberg Radio. Welcome to Bloomberg Law on Bloomberg Radio. I'm Joe Shortsleeve in for June Grosso. Coming up on the show, green fraud. Why there will be such a focus in 2022. We'll also cover the fate of the jail where Jeffrey Epstein hanged himself. Plus, combating cybersecurity in the new year. But first, we begin with legal ethics. Sanctions for Rudy Giuliani and other attorneys over dismissed election fraud lawsuits aimed at keeping Donald Trump in office topped Bloomberg's legal ethics headlines for 2021. Bloomberg Industry Group reporter Melissa Heelan wrote the list. We went through her findings and looked back on the biggest legal stories in 2021 when it comes to ethics. Let's start with the election lawsuits. Why was that the number one choice? It's an item that everyone can really associate with, not just attorneys. You know, we all took part in the election and the aftermath was covered widely by the news media. The legal aspect of it is that attorneys can't file frivolous lawsuits. And Giuliani and some of the other attorneys who filed these lawsuits were found to have filed false and misleading statements with the courts. They didn't back up their suits with facts, and they were therefore sanctioned, and not lightly. Now, this one, as a, as a reporter, really interested me, uh, Melissa. It has to do with uh, judicial disclosures following a Wall Street Journal report. Uh, tell us uh, what that report found and what's happened since. Sure. The report found that 131 judges heard cases in which they or family members held stock in companies that were involved in the cases those judges oversaw. 
So the House earlier this month voted on the Courthouse Ethics and Transparency Act. Um, I think what's really important about this is that if judges appear biased, our confidence in the rule of law is affected. And if we don't have faith in that judges can carry out their duties ethically and responsibly, then the judiciary has a problem. Melissa Hanlon's our guest. We're talking about the uh, top ethics uh, coverage stories of 2021. Uh, The other one you have here, uh, again, was uh, somewhat new to me, uh, mental health disparity as it relates to uh, female attorneys. Talk to me a little bit about what that is. Sure. And, you know, I've written a bit on mental health. It's very important in the legal profession because lawyers experience alcohol use disorders uh, at far higher rates than other professionals. Also, they have more significant mental health distress. Now, this particular study was was very surprising because it showed that women are suffering more than men. I, I believe the findings um, cited that one-third of the women screened versus one-fourth of the men reported high-risk drinking. I think this is a global problem right now. Everyone's been been suffering these past two years from mental health distress due to the pandemic. But I, so I think this story really is pertinent to everyone, not just attorneys. This next one uh, caught my attention, and I I find it fascinating because it's you know what was brought on by remote work and the pandemic. This whole issue of lawyers working from jurisdictions where they aren't licensed? That's a fascinating question. In general, in the past, attorneys were not allowed to work where they weren't licensed. Right now, anyone can work from anywhere, and and there's there's really no penalty, but lawyers could be held ethically liable for doing that. However, since the pandemic, a number of jurisdictions enacted either legislation or um, passed advice ethics opinions, including, I think, New Jersey, District of Columbia, Florida, and Pennsylvania, saying it's okay for attorneys to work where they live, even if they're not barred there, as long as they don't hold themselves out to be able to practice the law of that jurisdiction. So, for instance, in New York, um, a lot of attorneys work and are barred in New York but live in New Jersey. So now it's okay for them to be working from home in New Jersey as long as they're only practicing New York law if that's where they're barred. It really reflects kind of a a general shift in thinking about, you know, the legal profession. We have to really base it on what clients and the consumers want. It's fine for them where, you know, it doesn't matter where their attorney is as long as they're doing competent, diligent work. Melissa Heelan is our guest. Uh, she is a reporter with the Bloomberg Industry Group. Final question has to do with the big headlines of the year. Uh, this one has to do with the Varsity Blues case. Uh, what is the ethical question there? The ethical question really was, um, I suppose, honesty. <laughs> um, Gordon Kaplan, he's a former head of Wilkie Farr, he was found to have engaged in misconduct when he paid $75,000 for his daughter to um, help gain admission into college. And um, I, I think, you know, he, I'm not sure whether he was the only attorney involved. There were celebrities, I think, you know, actors, Lori Laughlin, were also involved and spent some time in jail. And um, I, I think with Kaplan, what was significant was Although he was suspended, he wasn't disbarred. I believe a number of um, attorneys thought maybe this was it was possible he would be disbarred. But he did show, I remember reading the opinion, 
remorse, a lot of remorse for his actions, and it was believable. And this is a big thing in um, in lawyer um, discipline, uh, remorse. And if you're if you're if the judges can believe that you feel bad about what you did, it, it, it's possible that your sanction will be lessened. Melissa Heenan, reporter with the Bloomberg Industry Group, appreciate you taking time and uh, joining us on Bloomberg Law. Thank you for having me, Joe. Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. You need a company with extensive experience in specialized insurance. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and helping provide coverage that suits your needs. The Hartford offers insurance solutions that help mid to large sized businesses like yours effectively manage risk from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. With extensive experience in underwriting, risk engineering services, and claims, the Hartford goes beyond the expected to deliver innovative, customizable solutions and service that your industry, that your business demands. At the Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how the Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common, it's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Success is more than the final destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's discipline. It's teamwork. And it's the drive and passion inside of us that comes before all recognition. It's what Stiefel's been doing for over 130 years. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel's become one of the fastest growing wealth management and investment banking firms in the country. Our financial advisors go beyond traditional wealth management to provide clients with direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises and a leading middle market investment bank because success is the drive it takes to keep climbing, the passion to keep investing, the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Start your journey at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. There were a number of ransomware attacks in 2021, and there's expected to be no shortage of them in 2022. Businesses will be grappling with them as they raise all sorts of legal issues. Veronica Glick is a partner at Mayor Brown's Washington, D.C. office and a member of the firm's national security and cybersecurity and data privacy practices. She joined me to discuss the growing threat. What does it look like uh, to be attacked? Uh, And I guess if we broke it down by time, you know, the first hour, the first 72 hours, the first week. Ransomware is a type of malware that locks up systems for the purpose of extortion. Handling these kind of incidents is very complicated. You're often managing a range of legal, technical, and reputational considerations all in a very short time frame. One common misunderstanding is that in those first few hours, you 
know what's going on, what data's been impacted, and maybe sharing that information with, with regulators or consumers, that's actually quite rare. So in those first few hours, generally, you're mobilizing your team and just making sure that you have very basic understanding of the facts and that your communications are secure. Within those first 72 hours, you're still really just trying to get your arms around the facts. Some jurisdictions have a very quick timeline for notifications. So GDPR is a well-known example of that. Some companies will be having those initial heads-up communications with regulators, and there are some contractual notifications as well that have a quick turn. And then, again, within that first 72 hours, there, it may make sense to communicate with law enforcement and have other certain external communications. But a uh, particular challenge with ransomware is depending on the deadline uh, that the ransomware actor has provided, at this point already you may have to have a decision on the strategy around engaging with a threat actor and whether you're going to be communicating with them at this point. Veronica Glick is our guest. She's a partner at Mayor Brown's Washington, D.C. office. She also serves on a pro bono basis as Deputy Chief Counsel for Cybersecurity and National Security to the U.S. Cyberspace Solarium Commission, a bipartisan commission established by Congress to develop a comprehensive strategy to defend the U.S. from significant attacks in cyberspace. Tell us about this commission and the work being done there. So it's been very inspiring to see a collaborative bipartisan process in action that we've seen with the Solarium Commission. It's truly impressive how many of the commission's recommendations have moved forward into law or, or making those steps. For those interested in, in this topic, I highly recommend taking a look at the report and subsequent white papers that the commission has put forward. What are your thoughts about reporting requirements and or regulations? I mean, because so often, as we all know, when there is a ransomware attack, most times very few people ever learn about it. Right. And I think we can expect to see, in addition to hyper-cyber standards, increased cyber reporting and increased information sharing. There's an increased effort and attention, as you mentioned, ransomware has really ramped up and there is attention to that issue now. On reporting, even though mandatory reporting requirements didn't make it into the NDAA this year, there appears to be bipartisan support. So I think it's reasonable to expect that some requirements will be developed and those will most likely first apply to critical infrastructure in industries. Let's say with you know the meat supplier JBS or the Colonial Pipeline, if we had some reporting requirements or regulations, what would have happened or could have happened or should have happened? There are right now some reporting requirements that apply depending on what sector you're in. This is not something completely new. It's more of an increasing trend. And practically speaking, what this means is going toward that very quick coordination that's required when a ransomware attack happens. So at the very outset, when you're trying to gather information and facts, whatever sector you're in should be aware of which agencies you should be reporting to if you meet that notification requirement. So it's important to be aware of the notification requirement trigger and who your point of contact would be at that agency. Okay, let's say we have 10 ransomware attacks. How many of those 10 are an employee clicking on an email or an attachment they shouldn't click on, and how many are back-end intrusions? In practice, I think it's actually very hard to tell because a lot of this relies on self-reporting. But from what we've seen, a lot of the guidance coming out of cybersecurity firms and also from the government, so for example, CIS's Stop Ransomware website provides guidance, you'll see a combination of focus on some of those key steps, multi-factor authentication, patching systems, but also employees clicking on phishing emails. Depends how you look at the numbers. It can vary based on the size of your business and the industry that you're in. However you look at it, phishing still appears to be quite a significant percentage of 
the initial intrusion point. As we look at 2022, have we learned from the lessons of the past or not? Going forward, I think we continue to see ransomware attacks are increasing, but there's also an increased domestic and global effort to try to reduce this threat. That includes global law enforcement coordination, efforts to build stronger cyber resilience, and also improved information sharing. Veronica Glick, partner at Mayor Brown in Washington, D.C.'s office. We appreciate you joining us today on Bloomberg Law. Thank you very much. That's it for this edition of the Bloomberg Law Show. Remember, you can always get the latest legal news on our Bloomberg Law podcast. You can find them on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on www.bloomberg.com slash podcast slash law. And remember to tune into the Bloomberg Law Show every night at 10 p.m. Wall Street time. The show is produced by Eric Mallow for Bloomberg Radio. I'm Joe Shortsley. Thank you for listening. And remember to tune into the next edition of Bloomberg Law right here on Bloomberg Radio. Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and help provide solutions that suit how you do business, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.